Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the award-winning movie, Poor Things, starring Emma Stone, Mark Ruffalo, and Willem Dafoe. Check out the new documentary, Freaknik, The Wildest Party Never Told, about the iconic Atlanta street party. And don't miss FX's Shogun, a reimagining of the epic tale starring Anna Sawai. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bombas socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Welcome, potential sleepers, to The Sleep Pod. My name is James, and every episode, I make up a boring and mildly amusing story to help you wind down and prepare your mind, body, and soul for a good night's sleep. It's the festive season, so for reasons beyond my control or understanding, I am contractually obliged to do at least one wintry-themed episode. And this will be the first of this year's. Hopefully there will be a second, and I'm going to try and squeeze that in sometime before the 25th. As is customary, the word of inspiration that I will be using for this episode's story was brought to my door by three wise men. One bought me a Lynx Africa shower gel and deodorant gift set. The second brought me a single Ferrero Rocher. And the third handed me an envelope containing a piece of paper with a word scrawled on it in glittery ink. And that word was magic. So, get yourself comfortable. Put on your stockings, kiss yourself under the mistletoe, and I'll begin with this episode's story. Magic. Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombus, we've always said our socks, underwear and t-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombus. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow! Did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com/acast and use code acast for twenty percent off your first purchase. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, "What the f- Are you talking about you insane Hollywood ass? So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com/switch. $45 up front for 3 months plus taxes and fees. Promo rate for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Quality sleep is essential for boosting energy, recovery and well-being. So, take your sleep to the next level with Sleep Number. With a Sleep Number smart bed, you can individualize your comfort level and enjoy a better sleep night after night. JD Power ranks Sleep Number number 1 in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $1,599, a saving of $300, only for a limited time. For JD Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com/awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com.
Ian entered the large function room of the hotel. He was dragging behind him a very large trunk containing all of his apparatus. Currently, the room was empty. There was nobody else there at all. But the room had already been set up for the evening's event. There was a lot of tables and chairs covering the majority of the room. Every table was large and round and had white tablecloths draped over them. Each table had place settings set up. There were ten plates, ten knives, ten forks, ten soup spoons, ten dessert spoons, wine glasses, and normal glasses for water. Around each table, there were ten chairs. As Ian weaved his way in between the tables, his eyes passed over each table. He thought, as he did some quick arithmetic in his head, and concluded that the amount of guests who would be present later on must be expected to be around 300. Ian was happy about this because he didn't like doing his job when there wasn't a lot of people there, and around 300 was a very good number. The wheel on Ian's giant trunk squeaked as he crossed the carpet and made his way to a door. that was on the far wall of the room, next to a stage area that was currently curtained off. He opened the door and walked through pulling his large trunk behind him. Ian found himself at the end of a long corridor. The walls were grey painted breeze blocks and the lighting was minimal. He walked 
step after step to the end of the corridor, one wheel of his trunk still squeaking sporadically on the smooth flooring. At the end of the corridor, he turned and then found himself in a larger space. The decor of this area was similar to the decor of the hallway. The walls were breeze blocks that had been painted grey. The floor was hard and worn, and the lighting was very soft. There was an old, frayed sofa against one wall, a small table with a couple of chairs, a mini fridge, and nothing else really of too much note. To his right, there was a room which was labelled dressing room and there was another door that was labelled stage ah he thought well that makes life a lot easier so hopefully there won't be too much confusion later on. He pulled himself and his trunk into the dressing room and turned on the light. It was quite a small dressing room, but by no means the smallest dressing room that he had ever had to use professionally. It contained everything that you would expect a dressing room to contain. A comfortable seat for sitting in and waiting. One of those mirrors with all the lights around it in front of a small table with a chair. some coat racks, another mini fridge, and everything else that would be normal in a dressing room. He closed the door and began to get ready. He opened his trunk pulled out his suit and big hat and began getting changed. He didn't like turning up in full costume as by doing that it would usually bring a little bit too much attention to himself. Instead, he had been wearing his usual day-to-day street clothes. He had been wearing jeans, trainers, a t-shirt, and a hoodie. But after getting changed, he was then wearing a very nice suit with a white shirt. black trousers and shiny faux leather 
shoes. Ian was sat in front of the mirror, making sure his hair was good when there was a knock at the door. Ian looked up. Since he'd been getting ready, he'd heard a lot of sounds and noises. Everybody else must be getting there. But this was normal. He liked being the first person there. Because he often felt like he would be rushing around a little bit too much if he wasn't. And before a performance, he wanted to be as calm and stress-free as possible. Come in, said Ian. And he watched as the door opened. And a lady entered the room. Hello, said Ian. Hi, said the lady. Are you Ian? She inquired. Yes, said Ian. Ah, good, said the lady. But are you Magic Ian, the magician? Yes, said Ian. That's me. Excellent, said the lady. I didn't know how many other Ians there could be, so I needed to check you were the correct Ian. Yes, said Ian. I am Magic Ian, the correct Ian. And they both laughed. said the lady. My name is Cassandra Waterboatman and I am the manager of Glunk Industries. I believe you have already spoken to my assistant. Yes, said Ian. Great, said Cassandra Waterboatman. Well, I'm not entirely sure what they said, but I suppose I better run down exactly what's going to be going on this evening. So there's no confusion, no surprises, and everybody knows what they're doing. And everything runs smoothly and drama-free. Hmm, said Ian. That's a very good idea. Thank you, said Cassandra. Well... This is our annual festive meal for all of the employees of Glunk Industries. Everybody sits down and has a nice meal. Some people talk a little bit about business and how things have been going at Glunk Industries for the last 12 months. And then the evening is rounded off with some entertainment. Ah, said Ian, and that's where I come in, he said. Yes, said Cassandra, I really like magic, 
And I think everybody at Glunk Industries would like magic too, if they saw some. So that's why we booked you. Yes, said Ian. That is the usual reason why I get booked to perform magic at corporate functions. Indeed, said Cassandra. So, after all of the businessy things have been said, you can pop out and do some magic, and then everybody will clap. They will think that I'm a very good boss. And then everybody goes home and has a very pleasant winter solstice festival. I understand completely, said Ian. Great, said Cassandra, clapping her hands together with joy. Well, I think all of the guests are arriving now. I will let you know when it's time for you to come on stage and do some magic. Great, said Ian. Oh, there's a small table at the side of the room which you can use if you want to watch the presentation and have some food. Thank you very much, said Ian. I do not currently require sustenance, as I have recently eaten a broccoli salad. But I might come out and watch everything else. Cassandra lifted a thumb up and showed it to Ian, and then said, That's great. I must be going now. Goodbye. Goodbye, said Ian, and they both waved, and Cassandra left the room. Ian carried on getting ready. He made his hair look very nice. Applied a bit of stage makeup. And a small amount of eye makeup. To make him look a bit more magic than what he normally would. After a while, he began to hear the sounds of festive music being played over the speaker system in the function room. Well, he thought, I suppose I should start getting a bit more ready with everything else. He stood up and started rummaging in his trunk. He arranged all of the props that he might need, reorganized his wands, and did all of the other things that magicians usually do just before going on stage. He knew he had a bit of time, but wanted to be ready. He didn't put his hat on, because he thought it might be a little bit too distracting for everybody if he was just sat at a table with a big hat on. So instead, He placed it on the table in the dressing room, ready to be picked up. 
he decided to get his trunk right next to the stage just to make his life a little bit easier for when his time came to perform. He closed it all up, opened the door, and wheeled it out. The backstage area was now a little bit more busy. There was a few groups of people who were nervously going through the notes that they had made for all the different presentations that they needed to do. He smiled and waved, opened the door that led onto the stage, and pulled his trunk through. The curtain that separated the stage from the main room was still closed, so Ian wasn't too worried about being seen early. Even so, he wanted to remain quiet and cautious, just in case he distracted anybody from their meals, which he could now hear were being served. He pushed his trunk up against one of the walls of the stage, away from the eyeline of anybody who would look onto the stage once the curtains were open. And once he was happy, he left back through the door he had come from before, walked through the backstage area, back along the corridor, and then he was in the main bit of the function room. The room was now well illuminated, and every table was filled with people, sat down and enjoying their meals. Hmm, Ian thought, it does smell quite good. But he was glad that he had had his broccoli salad, because he wasn't really that much of a fan of festive food. A few people watched him as he walked from the door to the small table that was against one of the walls, and they looked quite excited because it had been advertised that a magician was going to be doing some magic at the function. He pulled out the chair and sat down and began just watching people whilst listening to the quiet Christmas music that was playing. After a while, a man came over to him who worked at the venue. He was holding a large pitcher of water. As he approached, he indicated to the empty glass that was in front of Ian. Hello, would you like some water? said the man. Yes, please, said Ian. And so the man lifted up the pitcher and carefully poured the water into the glass. 
once it was at a reasonable level, he stopped pouring. If you would like anything else to drink, just let me know. No, said Ian. Water will be fine, thank you. Okay, said the man. And he walked off. For the next... 40 minutes, Ian just sat there watching all of the people happily enjoying their meals and listened to the music. He liked watching the audience before going on stage. It gave him the opportunity to work out what kind of magic the audience might be into. Eventually, When everybody had finished eating, the lighting of the room changed, bringing the focus up to the stage area. The music faded out, and then the curtain parted. And then, Cassandra Waterboatman walked across the stage with a microphone in her hand and began talking. Hello, employees of Glunk Industries, she said. Welcome to our annual Yuletide function. I hope you have enjoyed your meals. Now it's time to briefly get down to business. There was cheers and whoops and whistles. It seemed like everybody there really, really liked Cassandra Waterboatman. She smiled. Okay, thank you. Settle down now, she said. Well, I suppose I should start off by saying, well done, everybody. The last 12 months at Glunk Industries have been really good. We have done a lot of business, and we have expanded, and everybody has got paid more, and got bonuses. So I would like to say, thank you, all of you. Because without you, Glunk Industries would not be that good. Once again, everybody cheered and clapped, leaving Cassandra looking a little bit awkward in the center of the stage. As she waited for the applause to die down. Okay, okay, she said. Let's kick things off by a presentation by everybody's favorite number cruncher, Sean Leg. And everybody started applauding. Cassandra left the stage, and then a woman came onto the stage with a large whiteboard and a pen in her hand. She put the whiteboard in the center of the stage, and then went to get the microphone from Cassandra. And the whole time, everybody was clapping and cheering. They were very excited for this presentation. Hello, said Sean. As you all know, I'm the person who does all of the numbers and stuff for the whole of Glunk 
industries. So I thought, I'd let you know what I actually do, and also try and bring a bit of festive cheer to everyone. Once again there was more applause. Ian moved his chair a bit, so he could see the stage a little bit better, and carried on watching with great interest. Well, said Sean, as you know, we've done some really good business this year. She began writing a lot of different numbers on the whiteboard. She began pointing to one number and saying words like profit and units and did similar things with a lot of different numbers. Ian wasn't that mathematically inclined, but Sean explained it all in a way that was very easy for him to understand. Sean's presentation lasted about 15 minutes, and by the end, she had done some very interesting and cool maths. And now it was time for her grand finale. She cleared her throat and said, And now, if you look at this number, and this number, and this number, you will see that the best thing about this season is that all of these numbers add up and then can be easily translated into buying a lot of tinsel for the office so that next year we can have tinsel and other festive decorations up year-round. The audience went wild. She took a bow and left the stage with her whiteboard. Cassandra reappeared and was clapping. And when she was in the middle of the stage, she said, That was great. I can't wait to have tinsel up in the offices. All year. That's great, isn't it, guys? And everybody in the audience all said yes. Well, said Cassandra, Next up is Keith. As you all know, Keith is a very serious man. But apart from being serious, there's one thing that he's very famous for. And that is playing the harmonica. So... Everybody put your hands together and let's welcome Keith onto the stage. Everybody started clapping. Even Ian did. He wasn't too sure what to expect. And wasn't entirely confident in how well a mouth organ would go down in a venue like that one. But Keith got onto the stage, popped the microphone in a stand, and started playing a wide range of festive favourites on his instrument. Everybody was enthralled, and it was very, very good. 
even Ian, felt like he was almost hypnotized by the music, so much so that he didn't see Cassandra approach him. Hello, Ian. Hello, Ian, she said. Oh, hello, Cassandra. Yes, she said, hello. After Keith is done, I'm going to get you out now. Is that okay? Yes, said Ian. I shall go and get myself ready right now. Okay, she said. Good luck. Ian finished his glass of water, stood up, and made his way backstage. He went into the dressing room, retrieved his large hat, popped it on his head, and then went to wait at the back of the stage for his turn to come on. Keith was still playing his harmonica, and Ian was very happy about being able to listen to it up close and see a genuine master at work. When Keith finally finished, the audience went mad with glee. They all really, really liked Keith and his musical abilities. He bowed and left the stage. Ian checked his hat was okay, got ready to bring on his box of props, and watched as Cassandra walked across back to the center of the stage. The audience were still clapping and cheering for Keith, which did make Ian feel a bit like he was following a very popular act, and he hoped that he could keep up the momentum of enjoyment for the crowd. Okay, said Cassandra, everybody quiet down again. Wasn't that fantastic? We all love Keith. Yes, said everybody in the audience. And Cassandra laughed. Now, she said, it's time for our main bit of entertainment this evening. I know all of you are very excited. Isn't that right? She said. Yes, said everybody in the audience as one. Great, said Cassandra. Well, I'd like to introduce you all my good friend, Magic Ian, the magician, and she started clapping. Ian took that as his cue to come onto the stage, and so he did. He shook Cassandra's hand, took the microphone from her, and cleared his throat. Hello, employees of Glunk Industries, said Ian. Is everybody okay? He said. Yes, said everybody in the audience. Did you have a very nice meal? He said. Yes, said the audience. Great, said Ian. Now, who wants to see some magic, he said. 
as he said the word magic, doves flew out of his sleeves from his jacket. The audience all went, wow. And Ian laughed. He walked over to his trunk and opened it up, all the time keeping an eye that his doves had returned to a safe place backstage as they were trained to do. He looked in his trunk. Hmm, he thought, as his eyes scanned across all the different items that he had. Ah, he said. He retrieved a small box that was plain and brown. He also retrieved some wrapping paper and sellotape. He closed the lid of his trunk and popped the box on top of it. Now, everybody in the audience, have a look at this. He waited until they had all looked at the box. This is just a box, isn't it? Yes, said the audience. But what if I do this? He unrolled a sheet of wrapping paper, placed the box in the center, tore off some sellotape, and began wrapping the box as if it was a festive present. The audience watched with interest as he folded and stuck down things. And eventually, it looked like a very well-wrapped festive present that was clearly something in a box. Now, said Ian, I have heard that it is the season for gift-giving, so this is a gift I want to do for you. But everybody knows the best gifts are really magic. He took off his hat and placed the hat over the top of the wrapped box, obscuring it from view from anybody in the room. Wow, said everybody in the audience. Now, watch this, said Ian. He reached into his jacket and pulled out a large wand. He waved around the wand and said a lot of very complicated magic words. Once he had finished saying all the magic words, he tapped the top of the hat with his wand and made a complicated hand gesture. Now, he said, watch this. He lifted up the hat and the box was gone. Wow said everybody in the audience. Now, I know what you're thinking, said Ian. The box is inside the hat. Well, here, look at this. He walked over to the edge of the stage and threw the hat into the audience. It was caught by a lady. Ah, now can you confirm that there is no box inside the hat, he said. The lady looked at the hat 
looked inside it, put her hand inside the hat, and then said in a very loud and clear voice, Yes, I can confirm that there is no box inside this hat. Great, said Ian. Could you throw the hat back to me, please? My head is cold. The woman nodded and threw the hat back at the stage. Ian caught the hat with ease. Now, he said, I know what you're thinking. Was that magic or was it just a trick? Well, maybe it's both. Maybe it's neither. Who knows? But first, I'd like to do some more magic for you. He ran to his trunk, opened it up again, and retrieved some really cool-looking props, like a deck of cards, a sack of water balloons, a Christmas jumper, and a large, soft toy of a reindeer. He placed all of the items right at the front of the stage, and then jumped off the stage. The items were in a position that he could easily get to them when he needed them. And Ian started going from table to table, doing magic with each of the items. At one table, he turned the bag of water balloons into a Christmas pudding right in front of the accounting department's eyes. Wow, they all said. The next table, he turned the large, soft reindeer toy into an actual reindeer that ran around the table four times before turning back into a soft toy. Whoa, they all said. He did some really interesting card tricks at one table, and did some different card tricks at a different table. He went from table to table to table, blowing everyone's minds with all of his very interesting and good magic. Once he was done, Ian was a bit tired. Due to the climax of one trick, he was now wearing a Christmas jumper. He climbed back on the stage and looked out at everybody. Everybody was having a very, very enjoyable time and they were all transfixed on Ian. Well, said Ian, as he began putting the items that he had used back in his trunk. I hope everyone has had real fun this evening. Oh, but there's one last thing, he said, and he walked right to the edge of the stage, got out two wands and began waving them around theatrically. He said a very, very long and complicated magic word. And suddenly, all of the lights in the room dimmed for a split second. But when they came up, everybody was wearing Christmas jumpers. Exactly the same one 
that Ian himself was wearing. Wow, they all said. But that's not it, said Ian. Look over there. And he pointed to the back of the room. At the back of the room was the box that he had wrapped earlier. Once everybody's attention was on it, he waved his hands around. And then with a flash, the giant Christmas tree had erupted from the box, complete with baubles, tinsel, a star on the top, and a whole host of ornaments. Wow, said everybody. And everybody stood up and began applauding. Thank you very much, said Ian. That's the end of my magic show. I hope you carry on having a good night. And I hope I see you again soon. Cassandra came back on the stage, shook Ian's hand, and instigated a final round of applause for him as he left the stage. Ian returned to his dressing room and was having a very nice sit down and a glass of water. Doing all of his act was quite tiring and usually made him quite thirsty. A knock came at the door. It was Cassandra. He knew this because after the knock, he heard a voice on the other side of the door saying, Hello Ian, it's Cassandra, can I come in? Yes, said Ian. Cassandra entered the room, beaming with joy. Wow, she said. Ian, that was amazing. Thank you, said Ian. Everybody loved it. You were a hit. It is very kind of you to say that. Any time, said Cassandra, and smiled. I would like to ask you one question, though, she said. Okay, said Ian. How did you do all of that magic? Ah, said Ian. By using actual magic. Oh, said Cassandra. Yes, that makes sense. Do you have any other questions? said Ian. No, that's it, said Cassandra. She thanked him again and left, leaving Ian to wind down and relax. He felt joy, knowing that he had done a very, very good job at doing some entertaining that day. So he finished his water before getting changed and leaving and going home. it for this episode's story. I hope you've enjoyed it, and I hope that you're either asleep or almost asleep. Until next time, sleep well. <laughs>